heard some amazing stories. And uh, Ethan Hawes joins us here uh, in studio to tell you another amazing story. Ethan, how are you today, man? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Thanks for staying up late. Uh, I'm not going to blame you. I'm going to blame myself for the Red Sox losses last couple of nights. Did you stay for the entire game here tonight? We did, yes. You did? Yep. Yeah. So you saw what I saw. Kind of a tough night here for the Red Sox. It was. It was. Hopefully we can start bouncing back in these next uh, six weeks. It's, they need to make a run here. They could Hopefully tonight they're gonna, they'll are gonna they be listening to you, you telling your story, and they'll go on a run. And your story started, what, six years ago. You're a 22-year-old in college, and you weren't feeling good. You went into the doctor. Tell us your story. Yes. Well, uh, firstly, I was experiencing this hip pain. I had just come back from studying abroad in Spain had this hip pain that was lingering. I, I, I was training for and ran this marathon in, in Madrid. And wow. upon getting back to the United States, I had this severe pain that I was having difficulty walking with. Uh, after seeing a doctor in the New Hampshire area, I then further, it was revealed that there was a solitary plasmacytoma. And after getting that news from my doctors here, the Dana-Farber Brigham Women's Area, it was like that uh, that movie, that, that scene from a movie where everything just stops when you get that phone call that I got on July 19, 2013, and everything became quiet, and you just remember hearing everything that the doctor's telling you. I remember writing down on the back of an envelope what the news was, and at first it was just that a solitary plasma cytoma. Um, what that felt, what it felt like was that I really needed the support. I needed to be able to ask for help, and that's fortunately for myself what Dana-Farber provided for me, and I think that goes to show what a what an institute that we have here in Boston is. Multiple myeloma is a diagnosis that median age is 65 years old. I was wow. 22, one of the youngest that they had seen, and what Dana-Farber does so well is that they are, they expect the unexpected, and within three, four, five weeks of middle of July to end of August, they had a plan in place for this 22-year-old to have radiation, have mm. a a surgery to stabilize my hip, followed by a chemo and a stem cell transplant. So how quickly, it sounds like the team themselves at Dana-Farber transitions from here's a diagnosis, uh, let's now put the action in place to try to fight this thing. For you personally, Ethan, how quickly do you go into action mode and say, you know what, this is what I'm dealing with, I'm not, I'm not going to let it linger, I just want to attack this thing. What is, is it a day, is it two days, is it minutes? When, when did that uh, the switch flip for you? I think it was a gradual process. At first, you go through the different stages of the diagnosis itself. First, I'm looking online, trying to find people that I can relate to, but with such a unique diagnosis, it was really difficult. And that's where, again, I, I am so fortunate to have the people in my camp that I do, both the Dana-Farber and the friends and family that I have around the area, so that I could lean on them. And cancer is a marathon. It isn't something that just ends the last day of chemo. There's the lingering side effects, the, the mental and emotional components, too, that take some time to, to really process. and. I think that that was the thing that ultimately got me through was just taking it one day at a time. I had a vision. I had an idea of where I wanted to be, how I wanted to become the person that I am today. But I needed people in my life, and I'm very fortunate and grateful. And they're here with you today as well. Uh, so you go through a pretty intense, what, 10-day radiation there in 2013. I'm guessing that wasn't the end of it. I'm guessing there was more treatment for you as the, the years went on from there. That's right. They uh, After a 10-day radiation, I then had hip surgery, stabilized my hip, dynamic hip screw, and the chemotherapy that was standard at the time from fall 2013 to spring 2014. Then that's when I had a stem cell transplant. Uh, that And the reason for that was while I was, I was in remission, 
they wanted my doctors felt that it would be important to be as aggressive as possible with this to really get up front so that I'd be able to put this behind me as best as possible and that's what the stem cell stem cell transplant provided me but it was a difficult road because right after the stem cell transplant where your immune system is completely wiped out I was home and and I, I was take I took a took my temperature and realized that it was above what they wanted it to be and that then brought me back to the hospital with pneumonia Oof. and that was the moment that it really hit me and I remember driving back a couple of days later with my parents and just kind of breaking and breaking down really feeling the year of intense treatment and thinking wow this is this is so heavy my mom had just said you, you need to feel it and it's it's exactly true and and that's where having the opportunity to be in the Dana Farber community really helped me process that um, after that stem cell transplant I was going to do maintenance chemo maintenance chemo just to kind of keep everything at bay my multiple myeloma uh, and this was a time where I was trying to find my identity post-college while everyone was expanding. Oh, that's tough enough anyway. <laughs> Trust me, and you're trying, to, you're trying to deal with that at the same time. You mentioned the, the support of your parents, Joel and Betsy, who are here with you tonight. How about the support at Dana-Farber? Were there other kids, other patients, Ethan, at that time? I say kids, but people similar ages that you were able to talk with and talk about being in similar situations. Is that part of the process at Dana-Farber? Definitely. It absolutely is, and, and what really comes to mind is, is getting involved in programs like the Young Adult Program and connecting with people knowing that you're not alone in this fight and having the, having the resources available to take advantage of in so many other areas so that when you get to Dana-Farber, it's not just your appointment with a physician, but you have so many others lines up, whether, uh, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, there's people that are there that are able to help that specific component to the diagnosis because it isn't just the multiple myeloma. There is the emotional, there's the relationships, there's the career, there's everything that you're trying to build your life around. Uh, and, and it took me quite a, quite a while because I still was in chronic pain. And then that's when I got a hip replacement in 2016. And ever since then, that's when my quality of life has, has just catapulted upwards. Does there, is there still chronic pain every day, or does the hip replacement you know, move you forward past that? It moved me forward past that. That was the moment where I woke back up and imagined what I wanted next in my life. And, and I was looking through scrapbooks just the other day, thinking about, thinking, about, thinking about being here and thinking about everything I've been through. And I saw the things that I'd written down, that I wanted to be have the opportunity to share my story in hopes of inspiring other people I wanted the opportunity to really give back in so many different ways and I I feel like that was one of the moments that after the hip replacement I was like okay I can really do this I can really put my next my my foot forward and make something from here and that's and so I just really had this this feeling of empowerment that if I can get through these last three years then Let's see what I. Uh, let's see how we can build on this. So they give us these bios on the different patients that come in here, and normally they look correct. I, I think they made a mistake here. It says here you actually enjoy public speaking. Uh, there's no one who actually enjoys public speaking. So is this a mistake of some sort? Because no one. That's the scariest thing. I talk on the radio. I'd much rather talk to thousands of people on the radio than go in front of 20 people. Uh, like at reading at my son's school. I hate it. There's no way you love it. This must be a mistake. I do. I do love it. How? Why? How is that possible? I think it's because I'm doing something that I didn't think I'd be able to do. 
Uh, and that's one of the things that cancer has provided me is an outlet to challenge myself each and every day to see where I have been. And that's an impressive outlook. So, you know, I mean, that not everyone has that same mentality. I think that's very inspiring. I think it's inspiring to for, for me to hear that, for other people to hear that, that you can still have that outlook given what you've gone through, Ethan. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. And, and while... Uh, just like anyone else, there's day-to-day things that I think about that just like anybody else, but getting that sense of normalcy has pushed me to a level of wanting more than I would have at the age of 28. Uh, when I was in that stem cell transplant, I, I really was wanting, I, I created this vision board. My mom had brought in this book, this scrapbook, uh, em- blank scrapbook, and with magazines, and I kind of cut I cut out pictures and to what I wanted, and I remember writing down that, and just this just just the image of being up on stage and, and sharing my story because I feel so grateful for how much people have given to me and what I am wanting to do with this is, is show people and tell people this is what I've been able to do with this wow. second chance and I am so thankful for that so if I can get through what I went through and overcome that then I feel like there's nothing that I can't do from this point on. Well, how do you feel today? The initial diagnosis, the hip replacement, what you've gone through six years later, how, how do you feel and where does your cancer stand today? My cancer stands in remission. Awesome. I am feeling as healthy as I have in, in years since late teens. And I think it, it, it cancer really consolidates your mindset. And especially once you get to a point that you are feeling good you want to continue that yeah so it's just finding that consistency and what works for yourself and it's a lot of trial and error uh, I now that I feel so so excellent I have this energy and, and I'm putting together a, a plan moving forward with my team of doctors to, to maintain that I, I really feel like I'm in great hands it's an inspiring story man uh, to hear what you've gone through to hear the attitude you have right now it's it's we've heard a lot of these stories but yours uh, is right in line with what we hear. People go there, they fight it, and they come out differently, and the way you speak about it is very impressive, Ethan. Great to meet you, and thanks for coming on late night tonight and telling your story. Thank you, and I had an amazing opportunity earlier with my oncologist, Dr. Gobriel. What she's doing there at Dana-Farber is, is inspiring to see as a patient as well. Ethan, thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, Ethan Hawes, uh, nice enough to stick around late and join us here post-Red Sox. Uh, folks, a very inspiring story, very inspiring young man. I uh, need you to pick up the phone and donate because his stories don't happen without your help. At 877-738-1234, you can go to org uh, and set up a monthly gift program there as well. Or if you want to text and donate $25, it's simple. Text KCANCER to 2222. That's a $25 donation. Chris Berman will join us here in studio. Joe Kostig, Lisa Sherber, uh, right up until midnight. This is the WEEI Ness and Jimmy Fun Radio Telethon presented by the Arbella Insurance Foundation.